After a mediocre performance against Georgia Tech on Saturday, the Panthers are officially bowl eligible. Going into the matchup, we thought this would be the week the Panthers finally put an opponent away early, but it was more of the same from a conservative Panthers offense. They have extra time to prepare before heading into a Thursday night matchup against North Carolina. We we recap the game against Georgia Tech and more on this week's Hail to Pit podcast. about finishing it in these final 30 minutes. Well, you know, it happened in, it happened in West Virginia. We're knocked off number two. It happened in South Carolina. It's happened in Pittsburgh today. Our guys had a lot of guts tonight. We're just going to keep getting better. I mean, it's just, that's what it is. One home game that you will never, ever forget. We shocked the world. Hail to Pitt. Hail to Pitt. This is the week of November 9th. And this is the Hail to Pit Podcast. I'm Alan. I'm Vince. And I'm Pam. All right, let me try to do this. Pitt beat Georgia Tech in a game where, you know what, really, can we just have the pretty easy podcast people insert what I said after the Syracuse game, the Miami game, and just change loss to win? <laughs> Regardless of the deja vu. Pitt will now have an idle week after a win against Georgia Tech to get ready for the home stretch of North Carolina, Virginia Tech, and Boston College, the Coastal Championship, and a nine-win season. Still within reach. We don't get hype during idle week, Pam. We stay hype. How you doing? I'm good. I'm a little down from last week's, uh, this past week's game. I said to Vince off pod, I said, I don't feel as bad when any of my other teams win. Somehow after Pitt even wins, I feel bad most weeks. Yeah, this one was just kind of, I guess the word you would say, Vince, is blah. They did what they had to do, but they didn't. It was not impressive. We'll say that. No, it was not. And, you know, there were a couple moments in that game that we'll get to where, uh, you know, it it could have went from a – you know, a little uneasy feeling to a lot of a lot of nervousness, uh, real quick. But uh, what's important is that the, the Panthers, you know, persevered and they and they got through the game. Yeah, I mean, that's great. And there was never really a doubt in my mind in this one that that they would mess it up so badly that this Georgia Tech team would just they just can't throw the ball. Uh, I didn't. I just never felt like they were a threat. But just to see the mistakes continue was the main thing, and we'll get into everything that went into that, but still, Pitt right there in the Coastal. Basketball starting this week. We'll get into some hoops as well. At H2P Show on Twitter and Instagram, and we appreciate all the feedback we're getting on Twitter, Instagram, and on the forums that we post on as well, Pam, because I know we're on Reddit and Panther Lair, and people are awesome in giving us their feedback and what they want to hear from the show, and we're looking forward to it. Yeah, we appreciate all the feedback. We appreciate all the constructive criticism out there as well. Uh, every week we're just trying to get better and focus on next week's show. Absolutely. That's what a coach would say. <laughs> Absolutely. Looking, what, how, what's, what percentage better are we trying to get again, Vince? I'd say about 3%. 3% better. That's what we're going to do for you each and every single week. And in a little bit we'll also, uh, because you, you give us feedback on – social media and the forums we post on interacting with 
fellow Pitt fans, we're gonna uh, we're gonna give you the best Pitt chatter online. Our favorites uh, coming up in a little bit as well. Debut a little new segment on the podcast. But let's uh, also remind everybody that Pretty Easy Podcasts uh, brings you the Hail to Pit podcast each and every single week. The great folks at prettyeasypodcast.com will help you start your own podcast. So go there today if you want to get started and get your own thing going like the Hell to Pit podcast or maybe you want to do a podcast on, I don't know, Vince, what do people podcast about? Oh, you can podcast about anything, uh, you know, college sports, uh, cooking, gardening, gardening, books, books, oh, books. Yeah. Librarian podcast is what I think would be great. If you want to do a librarian podcast, pretty easy podcast.com is the place to go. Get started today. Get your own personal producer for a low, low rate. Sound great. And get all the heavy lifting done for you. When it comes to podcasting, all you have to do is do your show like we do. Actually, uh, I have them insert, uh, things that we say sometimes because we repeat ourselves so much on this show because of how pit football has gone this season. Uh, and before we go into some deja vu with the Georgia tech game, uh, Virginia did win this week, Pam, which is very important, very crucial to keep our eyes on. Yeah. So that means uh, Virginia beat North Carolina. So that means Pitt will need to win out and have Virginia lose. They only have two conference games left. Uh, they have Georgia tech or Virginia tech. Um, so if Pitt wins out and Virginia loses one of those Pitt's still in, but um, we were really hoping for a UNC loss against Virginia this past week. It was UNC made a little bit of a comeback to make it interesting at the end there. Yeah. Just not, not enough. And now we need Virginia to lose either Georgia tech or Virginia tech. Like you said, Georgia tech, they're just not good. Um, I know, you know, it was a rather somewhat close game against Pitt, but that team is not good. I don't have much faith in them. But Virginia Tech, you know, they've beaten Virginia, you know, I don't know what it is, 15 times in a row or, or something like that. So I'm going to say it's still possible. I, I'm not, I'm not giving up hope. I'm thinking this is, a, this is definitely something that can happen still. This is this is a crucial part of the season. We knew it would be this close, and uh, I, I'm ready for it. And I think Pitt absolutely lined up to to win some big games down the stretch. I know this is the scariest game of the year coming up, though, next Thursday for you, Pam, the one you've been dreading all season long. Oh yeah, I'll be doing tons of research, and uh, I, I'm I've been dreading it all year long. I think in the preview episode i said i thought this was going to be the year but after watching unc this year i don't think it is but we'll get to that next week yeah yeah we could we could we could be idle on on the nervousness for the unc game for another week and and break down a lot of what happened against georgia tech and uh, go around some hoops as well but also some recruiting news vince uh pitt got themselves a, a pretty darn good athlete that will probably be a running back yeah, yeah, Rodney Hammond uh, out of Norfolk, Virginia, 5'10", 185 pounds. Uh, this guy is in the class of 2021 uh, right now. So, you know, only in his junior season. So it's going to be uh, quite some time before we see him. Uh, ranked three stars on Rivals.com uh, for whatever that's worth. 
uh, four stars on some other services. Uh, but a lot of really good offers there, Penn State, Michigan, Nebraska, North Carolina, Virginia Tech, Virginia, South Carolina. Uh, so a, a pretty good pickup by all accounts from, um, from what I'm hearing. Uh, this guy has a, a strong relationship with Coach Beatty, uh, uh, wide receiver coach uh, from his time at Maryland. Um, so probably a, a very instrumental getting this kid here. Uh, you know, run, running backs, they can, you know, churn through those quickly depending on, you know, workload and injuries. So you can never have uh, enough talent and players at the position. Now, whenever Coach Narduzzi tweeted out Pitt is lit, he was referring to this this recruit then? I, I believe so. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm a big fan of that. I'm a big fan of of uh, the tweets that coaches put out whenever they land a recruit. I know down in Louisiana, uh, Coach O just says, hold that tiger on Twitter whenever that happens for them. I love Pitt is lit is also really good. But what should ha- – do you think they should – should they light Should they light up the cathedral for whenever Pitt lands a recruit as well, the victory lights? Or or maybe just the towers? Just – it's not <laughs> – it's not a it's not a victory, but it's a really good thing. So maybe just let it. Plus, they're, they're a freshman, right? They'll, no, they're they're football players. They won't be living in towers. Who are we kidding? Um, <laughs> really, really happy uh, to to see Narduzzi tweeting. That mean that's if Narduzzi's tweeting, it's usually meaning there's good things happening for the program. Pitlands recruit Rodney Hammond, and uh, yeah, you got to get started on that. It's a kind of uh, getting into some pivotal recruiting times here, Vince. We got a lot more of these coming real real soon. Oh yeah, definitely. You know, even though this kid is for you know the next year's class, uh, this year's class, 2020, there's definitely going to be a lot of action uh, coming for sure as soon as uh, as soon as the regular season wraps up here. Yep, and uh, we'll keep an eye on it for everybody. And uh, we'll man, we got to get some sound also for the pit is lit to equal the hype that the Narduzzi tweets uh, give everybody. I know people go berserk for that whenever he does it. And uh, Pam, if you're ready to recap this Georgia Tech game. I have a lot of things to say, but most mostly I want to say at the top, you've been you've been calling it all season long and finally the home run hit by the freshman Vincent Davis. Deja vu most of this game, but that stood out. That was my favorite part of the game, the 61-yarder for Vincent Davis. Yeah, it was good to see. He is the true change of pace back in this backfield, I believe. I've been saying it all year. A.J. Davis um, and especially Todd Sibley, but Todd Sibley's been hurt. Um, more of those power guys. And when you need to grind out clock, I, I go with A.J. Davis. And we all know what uh, Carter can do in crunch time. But Vincent Davis um, makes those really explosive plays or at least has the potential that the defenses need to – stay on their toes this game he had that big play um he only had six touches in this game but that one for 61 yards there I'd like to see him get more touches obviously but if he's not getting more touches on the field more so the defense has to pay attention to him yeah I to me I just don't quite get it you know it seems like this kid's always making things happen whenever he gets the ball uh to only get the ball six times in a game I think is to doing the team a disservice do you you think that you know maybe he doesn't you know being a freshman is there something like he doesn't quite know the playbook that good or or maybe something he's not doing in practice is it because they pass too much or not too much but they pass a lot too i don't know but that's where i think a little dump off to him could be great i the passing so much is 
is the main I, I'd say the culprit. I mean, how are you gonna get this guy's not like Valik Carter. He's not, I think, a gadget player, right, Vince? So the only way you're gonna get him the ball is if you run, and this pit has shown they uh they have a different kind of approach when it comes to the running game. Yeah, yeah. They're not uh you know, unless they're uh unless they have a lead with, you know, and trying to run the clock out with five minutes left, and they're gonna just run three straight times. Uh, you know, for most of the game, they don't, they're not really committed to it. No commitment to anything except throwing the ball a whole lot. And, uh, you know, it works for the first half all the time. But in the second half, they stop doing it <laughs> or, or at least stop completing the passes. Um, but th- there was also mistakes. And before we you know get on to the coaches, let's talk about some of what the players did that wasn't so good. And you got to look at Maurice French, Pam, who had a woof of a fumble. I mean, just yuck. Yeah, he did. And then um, he left the game injured. Do we, do we know what that injury exactly was? Was it a concussion? Huh. He wasn't on the field the last yeah, little the last bit there. And he had his helmet off, a towel over his head. I don't know. I don't want to speculate, but he was definitely hurt and HIPAA. he wasn't coming back in that game. Yeah. Yeah. We don't, we don't want to violate any HIPAA laws, but I, I think it was on the one play. Uh, there, there appeared to be a helmet-to-helmet type hit, which there was no flag on. Um, and, and I suppose we should point out to listeners that we are recording this uh, rather early this yes. week on Monday uh, as of uh, this live on tape show. Uh, so we don't have the full notes from Coach this week uh, to – really say for sure not that we'd really get i was gonna say narduzzi is not gonna say anything especially <laughs> without a game on saturday he never says anything anyway yeah yeah, but... yeah i don't think we'd really be getting there would be no press conference this week anyway um so uh, yeah i guess what we'll to see um uh, maurice french you know he's been getting the ball a whole whole lot uh but a lot of it specifically in that second half were these just really short passes and he's getting tackled immediately i mean i how do you not get this guy and use him more downfield? I mean, this this conservative play calling, uh, specifically in the second half, it is just it's just horrible. He had eleven catches on Saturday. So many. Um seven for about seventy yards in the first half and four for negative yards or even yards in the second yeah. half. Four What's that about? I mean four for one or two yards, but negative yards per catch there. And so that that tells the story right there of the defense is getting onto it. So doing the same play over and over again is not going to work. And I think you see that a lot in the second half, especially with players like French. They try and do it because it worked in the first half. But these defenses are smart enough and these coaches are smart enough to pick up on things like that. Yeah, a lot less risk taken in the second half. Uh, so far under under the Whipple regime and there are things that work though that they just I don't think they go back to enough or try enough like the touchdown to Shockey Jock I, Kenny Pickett has thrown that ball really well all season long the back shoulder grab he's hit Tazir Mack on a bunch he's hit French on him and he finally I'm so happy for Shockey Jock to finally get get into the end zone but that play in particular like you could throw downfield with that kind of ball every you know, every other drive, I mean, you at least get one of those out there until they focus on trying to stop it. And then you can have a lot of the middle of the field and the short stuff open up for you. But I feel like those back shoulder throws down the field are, they don't, they don't, they don't have Kenny throwing those too often, but when he does, he's pretty successful. 
Yeah, I, I was really, really impressed, you know, with some of these the past uh, past several games. He's been able to make those kind of throws to the sideline, wouldn't you say, Pam? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'd like to see more in the middle of the field, and I think that leads us to our biggest oof, uh, maybe of the game, one of the biggest mistakes. Uh, the one time they did try to go middle of the field was uh, to Griffin Stewart. Oh. And he's just been a complete disappointment in this tight end group altogether has been horrific this year so many dropped passes when they do get their opportunities um they're not capitalizing on whatsoever and it's hurting this team in big ways now i'm gonna play a little bit of devil's advocate here (laughs) and you're already shaking your head at me uh but pam would you say that they've been so turnover prone uh specifically just throwing simple passes to tight ends uh and you look at the last two weeks, they were playing against horrible, horrible offenses. Your defense is playing great. Um, could you understand a little bit of the conservatism there? And, you know, because they had all these turnovers in the first half, and that's the only reason those games were close. Yeah, but my point is, I think you should be able to throw to your tight ends once or twice a game <laughs> and expect well, them to catch, not. <laughs> catch them at pass. What are you not going to use our tight ends? We saw last year how that didn't really work there was no tight end action last year either what P- pam do you prefer no tight end action or or the action we're getting this year i know but <laughs> i think we, we it's not too much to ask for people to catch a ball especially with giant hands i mean griffin stewart has huge hands and he's what just size got a, glove does he wear very 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 large but he is but- he is got he's got a case of the dropsies this year he 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 made a catch later on in the game, but I mean that's too little, too late for me. The, some key drops for for the transfer, uh, and man, I yeah, I don't know. I guess I'm happier than I was last year for the tight end situation at this point, though, Pam. Yeah, I, yeah, but okay, that's not saying much. But I think it goes back to with we've seen not just the tight ends, but other players drop passes, too many penalties. It's just too many mental mistakes over and over again for this team is frustrating it is and also while we're picking on the offense let's take it to the d because i mean after the french fumble i know amarion brown that receiver for tech by the way when did we start calling them just tech and like they put that on all their jerseys and shirts is that new vince have they have they always uh, gone by just people tech? Have always called just tech, tech. they sold Technical themselves school, as just tech, tech. Well, for Tech, they have Mariam Brown, and he's like the fastest human, four one speed or whatever. But he made Paris Ford look like a linebacker or a, or a nose guard on that touchdown right after the fumble. I mean, he just ran right by him. Was the, how do you, as a defense, knowing you're playing an offense that cannot throw the ball or do anything with the ball through the air except throw it deep? How do you let that happen? That's a mental error too on the defense, I think, that needs to be cleared up. And we saw the week before, uh, would you call what happened at the end of the Miami game, Pam, mental errors on the defense's part, or just did they finally get gassed in a game? I personally think they got gassed because I think they had too much pressure put on them. And I believe if you hold a team under 20 points in college football, you should win the game very easily. And I think the offense didn't put them in – great positions with uh, turnovers in both both games as well. But I think they got gassed at the end of Miami. But there are mental mistakes 
in every facet of the game. And one of them, I, I don't know how I haven't tried to research this stat, but does Pitt lead the nation in illegal shifts? Like, they cannot get set, whether it be on punts, whether it be on offense. They cannot get set. set. Stay still. <laughs> I I think you, you if, when you look that up, I'm pretty sure you're going to see Pitt up the near the top. You're right. I feel like that's the, maj- the majority of the penalties we see are something before the snap on the offense. And I'm going to go back to last week's conversation, Vince, and just blame that on the odd communication uh that that Pitt's offense uses when it comes to Kenny running to the sideline and how this team gets set and how they get plays called in. I just think it's bizarre. Uh, it makes me uncomfortable, and I'm going to chalk up those illegal shifts to that. I, I, I'm still not quite buying that, but, <laughs> but I, I'm willing to listen. It's really weird to have the quarterback run to the sideline every time like it's like it's, you know, Pop Warner football. I just still don't get it. But, you know, Kenny's looked pretty good this season, I think. O- overall, I'm happy with his play if we're going to assess the quarterback uh, a little bit with three games to play. He's definitely capable of beating any of these teams left on the schedule and more. I do have one thing I want to say, though. I'm praying now. Now that we're it's bull, it's time to start bull speculating season and, and we're thinking ahead here because we're fans and we get to do that, Pam. Praying that Pitt doesn't play Michigan State in a bowl game. Could you imagine how – th- there's no way that either team scores over 10 points. I I, I don't think that would happen. And it would We just better be hope a, they don't play Iowa either. That Iowa. team doesn't – that is the worst offense. <laughs> this, I just need an opportunity to rant about Iowa. That is the worst offense in the country. <laughs> It is horrific. It is awful. I mean, Michigan State's really bad, too. But Iowa, I watched that entire Penn State-Iowa game. Iowa is so bad. If they had any kind of offense, Penn State would have lost that game. And I know all the Penn Staters are going to get mad at me. Iowa's offense is horrific. It makes Pitt look good on offense. I mean, Pitt's Pitt's not that bad on offense. It's just they're... I don't, I don't conservative. Know. Yes. Yeah, we're not quite sure what they are. You know, if they're being aggressive, they're making mistakes. If, they, if they're not, they're being conservative and just giving the ball right back. Um, you'll have a chance to rant about Iowa later in the program. Uh, but, you know, this defense here, Alan, you talked about, you know, uh, you know, it seems like the past couple games, they have given up, you know, one really big play uh, that we don't want to see. You know, you talked about the play against Georgia Tech. They gave up the big play at the end of the Miami game. They gave up that 94-yard pass against Syracuse. Um, you know, overall, they're holding these teams to really low amount of points, but there's still room uh, for improvement. I mean, and, Alan, I would say that this defense right now is is really playing as like a killer elite squad, but they, they need to get raise their level even higher with how inconsistent – uh, this offense is. They are elite. You got You got to say that. This is an elite group when it comes to getting after the quarterback, making big plays, but they're prone to some, to giving up some big plays. The thing about him is Narduzzi loves his defense. This man loves this defense so much. He loves them, and I don't blame him, but he loves them to a fault at times, and we've seen that happen now on a, a couple of occasions that cost Pitt games. That's why I don't want to see the Michigan State Bowl matchup that I saw projected on one of the 
websites for a pinstripe bowl. It'd just be a battle between who loves their defense more between D'Antonio and Narduzzi. It would be uh, it'd be fun, I guess, for hard-nosed football, but ugh, it might be exhausting. But he, this is an elite squad, but they have the, they have very small faults, and I think Narduzzi probably relies on them a little too much. And uh, But can you blame them, though, at the same time, Pam, because the offense, like Vince said, when they get aggressive, they make mistakes. It is a catch-22, this team. It's deja vu. It's a catch-22. It's an adventure. And we got three regular season games left. But at the, but as if you're a player on the, this team, you want your coach to believe in you. You want your coach to give you a chance. You want to go for it. Nothing fires up a team more than being aggressive. And I just... I feel like this offense hasn't been aggressive really at all. And I, I know they've made mistakes, but man, leave them on the field. And there's ways to be aggressive without doing trick plays or crazy plays like go for it on a fourth and short when you're in decent field position against a bad offense, go for it and run conservative short passing plays. If that's what you want to do on a third down, as opposed to just running in the same formation over and over again, mix it up a little bit more. I think also, you know, just moving forward with the rest of the season, offensively, those, those kind of risks, when you, when you show that kind of trust in your offense, they're go, I think they're going to step up. I feel like, the offense is kind of playing like the the play calling, scared to lose, and that's how you get drops from the tight end every single time. That's how you get only a field goal after an amazing 80-yard fumble recovery. I think playing playing that kind of scared with the play calling translates into the players as well, Vince, and there's something to be said for that because all season long we've consistently seen that's how Pitt's offense goes. That Once the play calling goes into a shell, so do the players. Yeah, yeah. Uh, unfortunately, yeah. It, you know, whenever they've in these second halves, they just haven't been able to move the ball, and you could say, you know, they haven't really been been going aggressive. And I think the defenses know that. I, I think they know that they're they're not going to try anything and stretch the field. They, they the defense knows that they could pack it in and not really have that much risk. Good thing though. Last week we said Georgia Tech had not lost a game where they held an opponent to twenty one points or less. Pitt scored 20 and one. So there's, there's something to be said for that, Pam. They get out of there with, with a win. Georgia tech hardly loses homecoming games either. So you got that to, to, to fall back on. And uh, I think having, unless you got anything else to wrap that game up with here, Pam, I'd like to get into our new segment. No, let's just put it behind us. <laughs> yeah, on to the next one. <laughs> on to the next one and get 3% better. But before we do that, let's go and see what you're talking about on the Pitternet. Can you explain what internet is? I hear there's rumors on the uh, internets. And to all those faceless keyboard warriors on Twitter. But we're a good darn football team. I'm proud of these guys. Here's one fun one I found on Reddit. Someone just this is one of my favorites. This is from user What is Dave doing? Who put the post up? Is anyone else getting tired of this team? And pretty lengthy, well thought out essay. If this is a pit student, I like I could clearly see where the thesis is. 
It's got good supporting <laughs> paragraphs. It's got a good argument, good structure. It concludes itself. But my favorite part of this rant about being tired of this team is I'm not one of the fire Narduzzi types, but for someone who carries himself the way he does, how can we continue to play this tail between the legs play not to lose just unintelligent football in the second halves? Uh, I think I love that it. you... I think that user said exactly what we were trying to say for the past 20 minutes in <laughs> one concise sentence. So uh, there might be a communication student learning how to write concisely. That is awesome. Playing with a tail between their legs. I love it. Well, also uh, in the early part of this, Brant uh, said, I've been listening to every niche podcast, getting ready with the discussion boards and refreshing Twitter constantly for news on the team. So maybe Dave, what is Dave doing is listening. And if you are, what is Dave doing? We appreciate you. And we like what you're saying online. Uh, I also like this one I found on Panther Lair, Vince. And this is, uh, <laughs> this is a good one from uh, Dama Vromitis, who said, Can you imagine if Watson was still the OC? Can you say two and seven? But uh, the can you say two and seven did not have a question mark. I will dock points for lack of punctuation there, but uh, can you imagine? What if Watson was still the offensive coordinator, Vince? Yeah, we'd probably see the kind of offense that we see in the second half also in the first half. <laughs> it's, it's probably what, what we would see. It's scary to think about. Uh, you know, at the beginning of the season, I, I was very vocal uh, that for this team to be good, a lot of things – on offense needed to go right, you know, play calling, quarterback play, execution, offensive line. Uh, I think we've seen improvement in, in you know, most of those things, uh, but they all kind of got to come together to be really good. And, and thankfully, you know, for, for at least some of these games, we've been, uh, we've had some good play call and good play design. All right. Last one real quick, Pam, I wanted you to hear this one. Uh, we're going to get to what the Yinzers are saying later, as always. But uh, that's that's what they're saying on the streets and in the bars and at the at the post office. This is online, and this is another one from Panther Dashlair. Great website if you're a Pitt fan. Ganak said, too many Pitt fans I live through the glory days and still haven't realized that it's been 40 years or don't watch enough college football. Other than 10 to 15 programs in the country, every school should be happy with a road conference win where you cover the spread. That's hundred percent right. That that that, is, uh, that yeah, it is it is tough. Yeah, tough to win. Win consistently for sure. Very tough. You know, uh, I, I'll and I don't know how you feel about this, Pam, but you know, it, yeah, Pitt hasn't had you know the, some any of those truly great seasons in the past forty years. You'd think they would have had at least one of them, <laughs> but uh, it, it is it is hard to win consistently. Every you know big program you know, out there safe for, you know, a hand, maybe five of them have had some really down and dark times. I know, but I just wanted one game this year where Pitt got up early and pushed the pedal to the middle. Like we thought it was going to be Delaware and they couldn't even do it then. I understand what this uh, person is saying out there. And um, a lot of Pitt fans do live through the glory years, which is great. Um, And they're just hoping for that next one. They want that one next season. And, God hope they get one soon, but I just want one game where they just put put their pedal to the metal. Maybe it'll be next Thursday. Oh. 
I don't know about. We you. might have to do an if it's next Thursday. We might have to do an a live recording me from the game podcast if they blow out UNC on a Thursday night. I I don't know about you, but I I love the the pit fans that live through the glory days. I can't get enough of them. Yeah, they just want they just want they talk about what it what was like, and they just are hoping for one more <laughs> one more chance of that glory. Well, we're gonna sound like them uh, when it comes to pit basketball. Uh, pretty soon because, uh, well, the glory days are, they've come and gone, but they might be on the way back. We all hope so. And uh, by the time you're listening to this, Pitt has already played their first game. Men's and women's basketball have started the season. And we have an entire basketball preview. If you want to go check out that full-length episode solely dedicated to hoops, uh, that's up on the feed for free, absolutely free of charge. But we want to get into uh, some hoops this week. Pam, uh, maybe some superlatives, some things we're watching for for the very early portion, the first week of the season or so, and uh, we'll go men's and then women's team, and, and uh, we'll hear t- each of us could say what we're looking at and what we're hoping for early on uh, with the with tip off this week. Yeah, the men's team tips off and has tipped off and hopefully won by the time you're listening to this uh, against Florida State and ACC opponent. Um, and my thing to watch for early on in the season is how physical can the Panthers be down low? And most importantly, can they win the rebounding battle night in and night out? Um, we've talked about how for years the center position and even the four position at times playing undersized guys there in a big ACC, can they control the boards and dominate the boards and get some of their guards some extra shots or just be physical and compete down low, regardless of the size. Can they go out there and win the battle night in and night out and crash those boards? Yeah, Pam, I have never seen a woman north of the Mason-Dixon line talk about rebounding like you have uh, and how important it is to to not just win in the game, but win in the championship. And it's all about, it's all about heart, right? And technique. And so it's how, if you can get the, it's all about positioning and desire. Can you get better positioning than your opponent? And do you want it? I'm looking for, I'm going to sound like a broken record for both teams this week, but I'm looking for young, young talent stepping up. I'm excited for, for, can we call him AKC Abdul Kareem Kulabali? Are we going to, are we going to, are we going to shorten it up? Are we going to go full length name? How are we going to do that this year, Vince? You can call him whatever you want. Well, I'm going to go. I'm going to find him on campus and ask him what he wants. Kulabali, though. Um, but I'm I'm also excited just to see the development of the guards, like you said, Vince. But on the defensive end, I think how fast can Pitt go? Can Pitt run? Can Pitt's per, def, per, perimeter defense push uh, the pace in these games? Can it take a, a leap forward? More steals, and I think we saw glimpses of that last year. So I'm looking actually at the front court defense most of all early on to carry the team. Yeah, that, that's an interesting comment. Uh, I, I am uh, like, I think what you're alluding to, Alan, is that, you know, do these guys have what it takes to match up with some of these ACC level teams? Uh, and there's times last year they just look completely outmatched, and hopefully we don't see that this year. Uh, I'm very interested in seeing the point guard play, uh, you know, probably Xavier Johnson, how much has he improved? Uh, in terms of running this offense. And I want to see this uh, perimeter shooting uh, uh, with uh, uh, Murphy, the transfer, and Drumgool, uh, and and even McGowan and Johnson, seeing how uh, 
if they could shoot the ball better because uh, last year it was all, you know, if those guys weren't going to the hoop and making something happen, they, they weren't scoring. Uh, we got to have that outside shot. Uh, from from more than just a couple players. How about uh, uh, is it 11 a.m. Wednesday uh, tip off for the women's team, Pam, to start the season yeah. against UCF? Yeah, you see, uh, this is fairly common in women's basketball. Actually, they do this and they um, bring in school kids or different organizations. Uh, they'll bus them in and um, have them attend the games for free or give out tickets. So. Um, a lot of women's basketball teams, especially um, the pits of the world to get people into the stadium, will do this. And it's a great way to get people to a game that may have never been to a game or might not go to a game. So a lot of times they call it like the school game and a lot of different schools will attend the game. It's great. Um, great exposure for the team. Um, people get to see the team up close and personal. Call, so it, 11 call, it, call it the hooky game. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> call it that too. I um, I got class, so I can't go. I got class at that time, unfortunately. You can't play hooky. It, not this late in the semester. No way, no. dog. No way. Um, but the thing I'm looking for from this women's team in the first part of this season is can they get scoring from a different number of players this year? Bugs back, and if she can stay healthy and increase her production, that's great. Um, but they need multiple consistent scoring options this year. And if they can get it early on, uh, maybe that's some good momentum heading into ACC play. How about you, Vince, with the women's team? Early on in the season, things you got your eyeballs on. I, I'm looking this. I, w- I just want to see some some attitude from from, the, from this team. I want them to go out and not really be afraid of anybody and go out there and, and, and really show – uh, you know, kind of a, a, a good fire underneath them. Uh, there were some times last year, certainly, you know, when they're playing like a Notre Dame uh, or a Louisville in the ACC, they're going to be completely outmatched from a talent standpoint. But I, I want to see if they got that fire that they're just not going to be intimidated by anybody and go out there and, and kind of what Pam's talking about with the, the men's team, go out there and rebound well, play hard defense, and and, and just don't back down from anybody. I'm a sucker for new blood, and I'm hyped, hyped for Dale Day Harris, freshman, much-needed playmaker. I think Pitt's going to rely on her early on. They got five, what we said, five freshmen, Pam, to, to start this season, yep. especially with Kyle And transfers. Yep, and with Kyle Nelson, Marcella Lamarck absent, uh, illnesses, injuries, uh, we're going to need to see someone step up. And Day Harris, I think she has the goods. I think she's going to be able to create. I think she's going to be able to play make. And I'm super excited to see her take the court for the Pitt women's basketball team early on this season. Get out there. Play some hooky if you can. Uh, the Pete is going to be rocking this week. It already has been by the time you listen to this. And, uh, yeah, more basketball talk coming each and every single week. Next week we'll be recapping some games, Pam. Yeah, absolutely. And one last thing, uh, look out for Gabby Green. Uh, we talked extensively of her in the our basketball preview, but um, see if she can start to gel with some other players on the Pitt women's team as well. But um, I'm excited for Hoop Susan. I'm going to be uh, talking about rebounding probably every episode all year long. Key to success. Key to success, the art of rebounding. A new segment will be uh, churning out here soon on the Hail to Pit podcast. Much like one of our most beloved segments each and every single week where we go around town 
and hear what everyone's uh, talking about when it comes to the Pitt Panthers, Vince. Yeah, yeah, a lot of a lot of chatter out of, out of that last uh, victory against Georgia Tech. Uh, getting ready for this final part of the season. Three crucial games coming up, and everybody's got an opinion on it. Yeah, and people are surprisingly hyped after after a, a milk toast twenty to ten victory in Atlanta. Let's hear what they're what they're talking about. Another Saturday coming, and the Panthers are playing. Trying to find out what the answers are saying. There ain't no way they're getting to nine wins. I'm telling you, it's it's going to happen in that. You know, the teams they got left, you know, they ain't no good. I'll be up 10 in the third quarter against all of them and blew the lead. It, it, I'll tell you, if they played on a field up on up there on campus, you know, up on the hill there and that, uh, they'd be gunning for 10 wins easily. Hail to pit. But the answers are saying. So that's what the Inzers are saying. Always a very controversial topic, uh, where the field is located. Uh, but uh, there's a lot of fields we're going to be paying attention to all around the world of college football, uh, uh, specifically one massive, massive game in Tuscaloosa, Allen, that we're going to be getting to here. Oh, college football. Don't you dare be sour because – it's an LSU-Alabama week, and it is in a year where LSU and Alabama are number one. And number two, it's the biggest game in the universe ever, and it's this week, and I cannot wait for it. People are going to Tuscaloosa from Baton Rouge, and they're getting shots beforehand because they're they're <laughs> afraid of things, the things that might happen to them. I don't know what's going on, but the rivalry is is just mm, – it's so, it's so alive. It's so fun, and it's it's big because never before have these two teams gone up against each other where the the offenses, I feel like we might see a total combined 100 points scored in this one. We very well could. Uh, it's going to be a very high total. I would, uh, in, we're, we're recording this show on Monday. We haven't really seen those numbers yet, but you know, probably in the 60s or 70s even. Yeah, I think a lot of points. And a lot of questions surrounding young Tua, Pam. Yeah, absolutely. Tua, um, from all indications, it sounds like he's going to play against LSU on, can't say Saturday night, um, Saturday afternoon at 3.30 slot. Um, and it is at Alabama. I think he's going to play. Um, he did have that ankle surgery about 20 days ago, right? Yeah, yeah. that's... that's... Um, Bizarre. What is a high ankle sprain surgery? It's the same thing he had leading into the college football playoff last year, but on his opposite foot. So, yeah, like a high ankle sprain that he required a, a surgery for. Um, Alan, since you're the Louisiana expert on this show, if LSU doesn't beat Alabama this year, what's the when, I guess, is the real question. Oh, I I don't know if ever. I mean, what when will they ever have? I mean, LSU has the offense. They have everything on all yeah. cylinders right now. Yeah, I don't I don't know when they will beat Alabama with Nick Saban as the head coach if they don't do it this year. I will resign to the fact that Nick Saban will always beat LSU the rest of the time he's coaching there. Uh, but if LSU pulls this off. I just can't wait for the celebrity status Coach O will achieve nationally 
Pam because right now he's loved in the SEC and and he's he's fun and he's kind of a I wouldn't say a sideshow act, but he's he's not he's not main stage. He's main stage. Coach O is going to be bright lights on every television screen the rest of the college football season uh, if he pulls this one off against Alabama. And I think with how Joe Burrows looked and how that offense could score and those receivers, if LSU's defense, you know, just holds serve even, I think they got it. I, I'm shocked that the spread was that big, but, I mean, history does tell you uh, that it should be, I guess. But this LSU team does seem kind of special to me, Vince. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know if I'm falling, uh, being a sucker here for thinking LSU is could actually win this game. Uh, I, I don't, I don't know. Like you said, if not now, when it's it, to me, this is kind of like you know Jim Harbaugh uh, going against uh, Ohio State. Like, no, you know, it seemed like it's last not, year, not that bad though. Coacho's Coacho hasn't is been it? destroyed. At least his soul hasn't been destroyed the way Harbaugh's has. Well, is it last... like Pat Narduzzi going against North Carolina? <laughs> yeah, it's, on that level. it's more like uh, that. But... It's more like that. Well, I think last year, I guess kind of what I'm saying is last year, Michigan Saturday had night. a very, very good team. And yet they they just didn't get it done. And this it seems like this year, LSU, Coach O finally has his quarterback. He's got this excellent wide open Saturday-style offense. Uh, you know, how – if they can't beat them this year, when are they going to beat them? Don't forget. Alabama. Sorry, sorry, Pam, but also don't forget Tua hurt, banged up. Uh, the Alabama's leader on defense, not playing all season long, Dylan Moses either. I mean, they've got major issues that they're trying to overcome with the Crimson Tide, and LSU's rocking and rolling, and they've already won some really big-time close games, huge hyped-up games. Alabama hasn't been in this scenario this season yet, Pam. Uh, yeah, and uh, I'm not sure if you saw the news that came out on Monday's LSU starting linebacker Michael Divinity leaves the team for 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 personal reasons. So that came out on Monday, right? Yep. Right before we were recording it. What a so, great tiger! Um, LSU's defense hasn't been the LSU defenses of past, but they do have that offensive component. This line opened up at six as an Alabama favorite, but it is probably by the time listening to this expected to go down you think yep i don't know that's I think... what i've heard from some in the in the industry that it, they expected to go down there's gonna be some sharks on lsu well i'm picking we'll lsu on the money line i feel it i feel it in my bones <laughs> i got people i got people down there telling me you left and now we're winning good riddance so go tigers i got i got lsu pulling it off joe burrow i got out L- Joe Burrow, sorry, seals the Heisman and for the first pick in the NFL draft and steals it from Tua, steals the college football playoff from Tua. Well, maybe not that because they still might get in. But, yeah, LSU. I got LSU as well. I don't think Joe Burrow is going to be the top pick in the NFL draft. Oh, he's getting um, it. He's getting it. He's stealing I, it. I, uh, there's a Pac-12 quarterback that's starting to heat up in Justin Herbert. He sucks. Good as well. Oh, my goodness. Um, I watched I'm him just... again. He stinks. But <laughs> I don't think Joe Burrow is going to be the top <laughs> top pick. But I do agree with you. LSU is going to go down in a Tuscaloosa with game day, all the hype there. And they're going to take this one and beat Alabama. Woo-hoo. How about you, Vince? You going to make it I... a, a, a sweep? Come on, somebody. 
I guess so. I, you know, I am, I am siding with LSU here, uh, but at the same time, that, that's got me very nervous that we're all on LSU. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm not going to. So quit asking. That's what that's what Nick Saban's telling us right now. Quit quit asking for for the upset. It's not happening. Alabama's going to crush LSU again and. Uh, Maybe we'll learn this. Maybe after this year, if LSU does lose, embarrassingly, we'll learn once and for all not to get too hyped up for this game. Because no rivalry delivers less, I think, than this game. It's never really that good, at least most yeah. of the time. So we'll we'll see. The game itself, we're talking, but uh, I feel I feel something about the LSU Tigers this year. What about your favorite team, uh, Pam? Let's take it to the Big Ten: Iowa at Wisconsin. I think Wisconsin's going to win 56 to nothing against this Oh, my God. Oh, my goodness. I think Iowa's defense is good. But I'm just telling you, I've watched this offense. I've watched way too much Iowa. I just – 56 nothing is going to be an exaggeration. I think they're going to win, like, 34 nothing. Wisconsin's going to crush them. (laughs) Iowa is awful. I wouldn't be surprised if Iowa – didn't score anything but field goals the rest of the way. They they score, they can't like to kick field goals. Talk about conservative. They don't have an offense. Wisconsin's going to be at home, and they're going to crush Iowa here. I'm with wow. you. I like it too. Plus, you're talking about a defense that's held a a, a lot better offenses to way less points. I maybe neg- right. they might score negative points in this one, Vince. I got Wisconsin all day. Yeah, I have to side with Wisconsin. I I was just not impressive at all. They're just oh my goodness. Vince <laughs> I, I is laughing because I ran about Iowa anytime they're on about how bad they're. I mean, they do have like the best tradition in college football, waving to the children's hospital. So I can't bash them too much. But this offense is terrible. <laughs> well, we're heavy on the Big Ten action this week with our ledger: Penn State at Minnesota. Uh, big week here. For, for the Gophers, what's this, the biggest week for that team since the 1960s? Yeah. P.J. Yeah, Fleck. Yeah, Row the since, boat. You know, maybe, maybe even since, uh, I don't know, Bronco Nagurski was playing there or something. I, I don't, you know, two undefeated teams. Uh, who would have predicted that at the beginning of the season? Uh, I know we're all p- pulling for Minnesota here. I don't know much about them. Uh, I've watched zero Minnesota this year. I will say, um, like we said, we were recording this Monday. Penn State's a six-point favorite on the road at Minnesota. Um, but I I think Penn State is going to win. Don't know too, too much about Minnesota. But I, I can see Penn State, they do have a very good defense pulling this out. University of Minnesota, do it. I'm, I'm, I've watched probably like a quarter of Minnesota football this year. And I, I think Penn State's offense is really nothing special. And I think any any team that plays a solid, competent game will have a shot. Just got to execute Michigan. So why not? I'll pick up. I'll pick the upset. That's, that's a, that could be a dangerous uh, road game for for the Nittany Lions. Hopefully, fingers crossed. Because if not, Penn State's kind of in a driver's seat that really scares me, Vince. If they win this game. Ah. Well, they play Ohio State. They still State. have to play Ohio State. And that's a, and that's a game that if, if they get through that, then they're in. And I do not want to see that. Well, well, let's – yeah, we, we we all don't want to see that. And let's hope, you know – well, certainly I, I have faith in Ohio State getting the job done. In Columbus. And, and, um, let's just hope Minnesota could do the same this week. 
Last game on our list here, Oklahoma hosting Iowa State. Oklahoma returning home after a uh, disappointing uh, showing against Kansas State. Yeah, OU, uh, their backs are against the wall here the rest of the way. Some people think that even if they win out, they don't have a chance uh, to get in the playoffs. I'm not quite sure if I buy that, but uh, I like this Iowa State team. just, you know, solid on offense and defense, in my opinion. I, I, I've been saying OU's a little overrated all year. I'm picking Iowa State to win this game. I think Oklahoma's going to win, but it is going to be close. Matt Campbell, great coach at Iowa State um, and plays an excellent defensive style. But I think their offense is not going to be able to score with the likes of Oklahoma. Um, even if they do play a good game, I think Oklahoma's going to pull this out. Yeah, even with... Uh, a poor performance. Oklahoma scored over 40 against Kansas State uh, offensively. There's you, you can only hope to contain. They get back at it here. Plus, it's under the lights. That place is going to go nuts. Although they will not be having that uh that boomer schooner or whatever that thing that tipped yeah. over. That was rough to watch. Sooner schooner. Sooner schooner. May may that hopefully they reinforce that thing and get it a better turn radius. That was terrible. Um. One of the one of the rougher things to watch this college football season. <laughs> All right, yeah, that's our ledger for for games this week. It's going to be epic. LSU Alabama, of course, the highlight, and then followed by uh, uh, well, an idle week for Pitt. So I'm going all in on that game. I, I'm getting ready. I'm going to watch it. I'm going to. I might even make some homemade boudin. I don't know. Can you can even make that in Pittsburgh? I don't know. And everybody listening to this show doesn't even know what the hell that is. It's like sausage. <laughs> it's like a. Cajun sausage so good I, I, I just really hope that this is a good game even if LSU doesn't win I just hope it's a really good competitive Saturday game night. Uh, that doesn't end with a doctor's stoppage yes me too uh, oh also FSU filed fired Willie Taggart um, will Bob Stoops be the next coach at Florida State could you imagine a, a battle of checkbooks between FSU boosters and Vince McMahon and then also throw in USC. And possibly Michigan, maybe. Oh, hopefully Michigan. Oh, my. It's going to be <laughs> the biggest coaching spending spree in history. But that's that's down the road. We got some, some big games to get through before all that. Uh, yeah, what a, what a fun week. What a fun show. Jam-packed with now hoops in there and coaches getting fired and big-time college football games. These shows are going to... Uh, hopefully Pam not go too long, but they're definitely going to be chock full of good football talk, hoops talk, and uh, lots of hailing to pit. Yeah, absolutely. Keep an eye on the women's basketball or the women's volleyball team as they keep, uh, keep winning here. So make sure to get up to the peak for them, but hail to pit. Hail to pit. Hail to pit. We'll see you next week. You still think I